My name is Yechi Nusasitu and this is The Clinic. Hi, I'm your health prefect and welcome to your home of good music, good talk, 99.9 KISS FM. The clinic is where we talk about everything health because we know that total health is not just physical but mental and emotional well-being. So on this station, at this very hour, every Saturday, our discussion is for your physical, mental and emotional well-being. Today on the clinic, I'll be having a discussion with Dr. Abayomi Ajayi on endometriosis, which has become one of the causes of infertility in women. Dr. Abayomi Ajayi is the medical director of Nordica Fertility Center and also an endometriosis champion. Let me ask this. Do you know someone or are you that someone who would roll on the floor at a certain time of the month because your period cramps are worse than everyone else's? Or have you noticed that you tend to bleed more than necessary, sometimes even when you cough? It may just be endometriosis. But I will let Dr. Ajayi explain all about it after this quick break. Coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, is real and it spreads on a daily basis. We need to ensure we stay protected at all times. We must therefore maintain social distance at all times, wear face masks always, Wash our hands with soap and water. Ensure to use alcohol-based hand sanitizers always. Use and share only verified information from the NCDC and stop spreading fear. If one must go out, let's ensure we wear our face masks always. Avoid going to places with more than 20 persons. If we must use public transportation, we should make sure we wear our face mask and ensure the passengers are not more than the maximum safe number of three persons, including the driver. When going to a shopping mall, we should wash our hands with soap and water and use a hand sanitizer too. COVID-19 is no joke. Let's stop the spread by staying safe every day for the sake of ourselves and our families. This message is brought to you by KISS FM. Thank you for staying with us. This is The Clinic on your home of good music, good talk, 99.9 KISS FM. My name is Yechi Nusasitu. Call me your health prefect. Now, let's meet the doctor. Welcome to The Clinic, Dr. Abayomi Ajayi. It's always a pleasure to have you. This um, interview is for the endometriosis awareness, basically, because we need to understand, we need to first of all even know what it is, so we know what we're putting out there. So I'll just start with the basic question. What is endometriosis? Uh, I mean, what happens in a woman's body when she's said to be suffering from endometriosis? Wonderful question. Yeah, um, endometriosis is the is a condition in which the lining of the uterus, which is what the woman sheds every month, is now present in other places apart from the inside of the uterus. So in other words, what is like happening to her is that wherever this, we call them implant, every month when she menstruates, she also bleeds from this ectopic sites. Okay. So after a while, what happens is that she has blood abdomen, which should not be there. 
okay and it's not just ordinary blood it's menstrual blood which contains a lot of chemicals and so over time the body reacts to this blood that is in the abdomen that should not be by trying to arrest that situation you know the the body has something we call like a policeman in the abdomen which arrest once there is anything going on that is not supposed to be happening we arrest them after a while what happens is that organs now they stuck together because of the effort of the body to control this unwanted episode that is happening inside the person and that's where majority of the symptoms of endometriosis come from so uh, normally the organs in the abdomen should just move around glide on each other and that's why we don't have pain so you can build your you can your abdomen might start rumbling but it's just the intestine moving but you don't have pain you know you can have a discomfort and then you ease it out when you pass gas or something like that you know that that's normal but in a patient with endometriosis because these organs cannot glide on themselves so they usually will have pain especially when some things happen for example such a person has intercourse normally when we have intercourse the uterus can move around and the gut can move on it and they, they just everything is just passing by but imagine when everything is stuck down so she might have pain when she has intercourse just moving the bile alone can cause pain trying to urinate my pain because these are the organs that are near the uterus so the commonest places where these deposits are are organs that are near the uterus in what we call the pelvis sometimes some people are very unlucky that this implants our nerves you know and that also can make the pain to be even worse and then abnormal bleed these changes that i've described are going to get worse each time the woman bleeds they tend to get worse over time and sometimes the pain is not even menstrual is there all the time and can be made worse by some of the life normal life activities like i just described sex moving your bile or going to urinate you know can make it worse this pain usually gets worse during the menstrual period that's one of the things that gives it away but the second group of futures are even more probably uh, more telltale you could have abnormal bleeding this bleeding could be during your menstrual period so the bleeding could be heavier than what normal people will say they have so you you could pass clots and then the bleeding could be prolonged not just heavy could be prolonged so instead of 5 days some people bleed for 14 days for 10 days and then also to be irregular so you don't even know when you are going to bleed is when you, when it comes it comes so the abnormal bleeding sometimes could come from an abnormal site and that's one of the most disturbing because you know don't forget the implant could we said the commonest places where the implant could be is in the abdomen or in the pelvis but sometimes the implant could travel further up it could go into the chest wall it could go on the abdominal wall especially for people who have had surgery before it could even be in, in the vaginal wall so it could be almost everywhere and that is where we have a lot of problems with endometriosis because endometriosis does not just have typical symptoms it depends on where this implant happen to be located so it's even possible that you could have seizure that looks like epilepsy from endometriosis if wow. it's located in the brain it really goes outside the pelvis it's only in about 8 to 12% of people who have endometriosis that you can have this implant outside the pelvis but 
imagine a woman in that environment who coughs her blood. So what you think is, is tuberculosis, but it could be endometriosis. What would give it away most of the time is metaplosis treated. You now find out that she only does this when she's also menstruating. But the problem is that most of the time, the doctors that they see, they don't even ask for their last menstrual period because if you are coughing blood, most of the time, the person you are probably going to be seeing is a chest physician who probably is not asking you for your menstrual history. And that's where the, a lot of problems come in. That is not only in Nigeria, all over the world. And that is one of the things that they have delay in diagnosis. It's yeah. come with endometriosis. I was going to ask that. Why do we have this delay in di- diagnosis? Why is there a gap? Is it because doctors are not aware that they should look for endometriosis? What exactly is the problem? Okay, thank you. The first thing is that most of the time, this starts from the home. Imagine you have four daughters and they all menstruating. And only one, when she's menstruating, everything comes to your heart. You have never heard of endometriosis as a mother. So what do you say? Man, what is what is your problem? You are not the only one menstruating. Hmm. Suck it up. But there is something going on in this one that is different from the others. So it starts from the home, from the parents, from the mothers, especially. After all, I also menstruate. Why is your own like this? You are a loafer, you are just... I mean, come on, brace up. So this girl starts bracing up. And after a while, sometimes she's even... She's seen it as a way of life that, oh, that's the cross I have to carry in my life. My menstrual period must be painful. So she even goes to the doctor. She does not even complain about it. When she complains about it, because of the way the health structure is also in some other advanced countries, of course, most of the time, you're not seeing the gynecologist as your first port of call. And this doctor is not thinking of endometriosis. So he has done every investigation and does not seem to see why you have pain. So it's not unusual for them to, for some doctors to say, it's in your head. This pain is just in your head. That's one of the reasons why diagnosis is late. Again, because some of the symptoms, you, you see a married woman who cannot really have consummate her marriage because of pain. She finds it difficult to tell this intimate thing. So also, she gives, she goes around it, goes around it, goes around it. For diagnosis is very important, not only for the doctors, but also for the people. Then, also, equipment for the way to diagnose endometriosis. Until recently, was laparoscopy. How many hospitals do laparoscopy? So, even the equipment for diagnosing the endometriosis was not commonplace. That was uh, negating the diagno- against the diagnosis of endometriosis. But now, with more knowledge, people are beginning to say, look, if you do this, you do this, it's likely to be endometriosis. So, you might decide to say, okay, let's take a, cl- a closer look at this. So, the first thing is to be able to triage the patients that are likely to be endometriosis and then see how you can try to make the diagnosis. And we still don't know what causes endometriosis per se. We just know that there's some risk factors to endometriosis, okay? The strongest of which is family history. If your first uh, degree relative, that's either your mother or your sister has, we have to take a closer look at you also when you have this kind of symptoms. Now, we also know that there's some other risk factors like uh, people who start menstruating early in life. But the way work is going on, because suddenly everybody in the world now knows that, you know, that this is a common thing that we're missing because it's said to be present in one out of every 10 women in their reproductive age. So it's pretty common 
and we've been missing it. And some countries are really taking this very serious. They've gone to the parliament, some laws have been made, money has been made available for research and stuff and stuff like that. Because they know that where it's really sitting on gunpowder. Because you can imagine the symptoms that we've described affect the total quality of life of women who are suffering from this. So many marriages have been broken because of endometriosis. You cannot consummate marriage. Your husband thinks you're giving all the excuses in the world not to have sex. Some women say, oh, she's having an affair. Meanwhile, this girl or this woman can't have sex even with her own shadow. So it's, it's terrible. It can be very terrible sometimes. And also the fact that people don't understand you also makes me majority of people to be moody to understand why they're so moody and unfriendly. I have a, a patient whose daughter, she has only one daughter. She heard the daughter telling the husband that uh, daddy let's just leave the best man is living in the UK and leave mommy in Nigeria because mommy was always full of pain. Mommy was always moody. So when a daughter talks like that about you, you can imagine. So what will the people in the office be saying about her? It's an ordeal that many people don't understand, you know. And so most of the time what we say is that they, they are misunderstood, they are mislabeled, they are misdiagnosed and they are mistreated. Funny thing is that most of the time it takes a while for the symptoms to become so manifest. But we believe that in about 30-40%, there's a study that just came out from Australia now that said, look, women with endometriosis, about 40% of them pay even with the first menses, menstrual period. So we believe that endometriosis starts from when you start menstruating. So your education also, that's why you see that we're targeting secondary schools. Because that is when the pathology actually starts. So when you are aware that you can see that out of all your roommates, you are the only one that when you are menstruating, three straight days you can't go to school. Let us try to see what diagnosis can be made. Then we are talking to the doctors too. You're given uh, paracetamol, you're given your, and it seems to be getting worse. You should start thinking of endometriosis. And elephant is what makes break the vicious cycle. So, you mentioned fertility. Now, what happens? Does endometriosis affect fertility? Can a woman have children if she's a sufferer of endometriosis? Yes, endometriosis affects fertility in many ways. But it is, we believe that about only about 40 to 50% of women can lead to infertility. For example, if a woman is bleeding to the abdomen, Okay, the sperm and the egg need to meet. In the first place, there are chemicals that have been released into the peritoneal cavity, that's the abdomen, which normally should not be there. So that might affect the interaction of the sperm and the egg. The tube might be blocked after a while because of the additions that form from the blood in the abdomen. So it might block the tube, so making it impossible for the egg and the sperm to meet. We know that there is a, some changes due to the chemicals released also that might make implantation more difficult for people who have endometriosis. So there are so many things that can cause infertility in people who have endometriosis. And that still begs for early diagnosis also before all these things happen. It will affect the decisions that you make also. Because if you have endometriosis, you should be thinking of getting pregnant as soon as possible before some of the changes happen. And if you are not, either you're storing your eggs, either you are taking the treatment that will not make the endometriosis to become advanced stage endometriosis, you know? So it, it, it helps with decision making. You mentioned that there is no cure and I'm worried about that. But if there's no cure, what are the treatment plans that we have? Yes, uh, we can we, we not cure it, but we can manage um, And like every other thing, we can look at it from the drugs or maybe even not doing anything. What we could, 
mastering activity, watching, watching and waiting, depends on the age, depends on the symptoms that are present to drugs, to surgery, and then to assisted reproduction. You know, it depends on what we're dealing with. Don't forget three things that usually probably the main symptoms, pain, abnormal bleeding, and infertility, if you want to add that. So that will determine how you treat. Okay, if it's pain, then if you're going to be using drugs for pain, it's going to be mainly for pain. But also you could use some of the hormonal drugs that will make the endometriosis not to become progressive. The, the bad about many of these drugs is that if you are using them, you cannot get pregnant because the way they act is to suppress your ovarian function and therefore pregnancy might not happen. So, and that's why it's important that there is a discussion between the doctor and the patient or the couple to their aspirations in order for you to know how to treat them. So it's always quality of life versus fertility. So you have to continue to balance the two. Okay? It depends on which one is more important at this point in time over this the second one. Why you cannot also ignore the other one. Drugs can be used and then um, sometimes surgery will be needed. Now, in the past, you will see some people have undergone 13 surgeries. You know, we know that the more the surgeries that you undergo, the more the likelihood that your fertility will be affected. No matter how good the doctor is, blood supply to your ovaries might be affected. Why is it trying to get out? You don't forget that one of the commonest places where the implant sits is on your ovaries. So blood supply might be affected where they're trying to tease out some of these things. And there, there is really no, unlike fibroid that has a capsule that you can remove, endometrioma does not have a capsule. So most of the time, you still lose part of the ovarian tissue no matter how careful you are and that's why we're saying that we should limit the number of surgeries for this patient except of course when it's life threatening and then you don't have a choice because sometimes people have intestinal obstruction you know the implant could be on the gut and then actually come together and they have intestinal obstruction so they could have a lot of sometimes life threatening things which might make you to say you need to do surgery. The ovary could become so big that it could twist on itself and you have an emergency that you don't have a choice, you have to do surgery for that. But as much as possible, we want to reduce the surgery that we do on this people. And as much as possible also, we want to use a minimally invasive technique. So can a woman improve her life with nutrition in this case? Uh, you see, the pro- I have some problem with nutrition. I'm, I'm the wrongest person to ask. I'm not a nutritionist and I don't claim to be one. I believe that nutrition could help in many things, but sometimes we overhype it. What I would say is that there's some things that they know. People who are, who are suffering have observed. And so probably one or two of them might fit you. And those are some of the things that we can we can probably talk about. People talk about, say, when they avoid simple sugars, they are, some will tell you that uh, they take more fruits, fibers, than everything. These are healthy food uh, advice. So it's not only when you have endometriosis. Maybe when you have endometriosis, this also becomes more important. Okay. So last question for me. As an endo champion, would you say that Nigeria should be open to period leave in the offices, even in schools? Because if a woman is in pain and she can't go to work, productivity is affected. So should we be advocating for period leave? And and if it's going to even happen in school, how should that even you know, in Nigeria, where why one of the things that is difficult is that because the women that are involved with the, in the formal set, what is the percentage? So we want to make some. I'm all for it, but will that solve all our problems? 
because the percentage of women in the formal sector compared to those in the informal sector, maybe yes, for the people in the formal sector, when you have the diagnosis of endometriosis made, then there's some you should be cut some slack. Definitely, some things to put in place for you, but that should be documented because really and truly, it's an ordeal. But what happens to the people in the informal sector? So there's some things I think we will probably should start from some low-hanging fruits. A woman who has endometriosis has gone to an event. She's putting on white. She suddenly starts bleeding. She's not even putting on white. She's putting on any dress and she's bleeding. Can she go to the restroom and find a pad? So you see some of them, some of them will tell you, some beauty queens have gone to some events that they start bleeding and they can't stand up from that, from the chair. So I, I, I think there's so many things we, we are not taking into cognizance. I think we should start looking at some of those things. Also, we need to also see how we can provide medical care for some of us. Thank you so much, sir, for answering those questions. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. We need to make sure that women know that being in pain when you're menstruating is not normal. It's not okay. We can't minimize these these people's pain and tell young women, oh, get over it, you're being sensitive, it's your period, because there could be an underlying issue that could kill them. That's very serious, um, and it's not, it's not okay. If anyone is at home and you're experiencing a significant amount of pain, I would encourage you to seek out another physician, talk to somebody else, because you should not be living like that. Let me tell you, on average, it takes it takes about seven and a half to 11 years to diagnose a patient with endometriosis, average being seven and a half. The average age of presentation and diagnosis is usually age 32. Let's say for your annual exam, you sit on my chair and without me asking, you bring up painful period, that's the first red flag. Second is if you stay home from school or from work, because you're in pain, if you can't go on stage. And the third one, which is almost a stamp of diagnosis, if you end up in the emergency room with pain during your period, it's a red flag. That was something from the doctor's show on DSTV. We'll take a quick break again, and when we get back, it will be time for Lab 360 Medical Laboratory. before this, will I make it through? The pain is slowly creeping Till there's nothing I can do My body in a circle And clouds fill up my eyes I wait for it to kick in So the hurt can be disguised Breathing just feels harder My name is Yechi Nisasitu and this is The Clinic. You are still tuned in to your home of good music, good talk, 99.9 Kiss FM. 
This is the clinic, and my name is Yechi Nasasi. To call me your health perfect. Here is a special message from Lab 360. In this special segment of the program, brought to you by Lab 360, scientist Mfon Iyang will be talking about how laboratories in Nigeria can use innovation to improve Nigeria's health system. So, scientist Mfon. In what ways can laboratories be innovative towards improving healthcare in Nigeria? Ways in which laboratories can、uh, be innovative towards improving healthcare in Nigeria would be first would be to work hand in hand with other healthcare workers. You know, we hear ourselves, we understand what we need in order to push for every、uh, individual that needs to be attended to to be attended to. With extreme care, and、um, secondly, from the laboratory aspect, would be to always improve on our standards and、um, with our practice to make sure that standards are being upheld in order to give accurate results. Accurate results is very necessary. Right. What do you think are the major challenges medical laboratories encounter in Nigeria? As I said earlier, health workers need to learn to work hand in hand with each other in order to、uh, making sure that every patient that is being attended to is being attended to with extreme care. But in so doing, we need to learn how to respect each other's boundaries. Medical laboratories still struggle with who and who is authorized to be in a laboratory. And、um, until this is clearly sorted, there's still going to be difficulty with communication amongst health workers in order to making sure that every、uh, patient is being attended to very well. The second problem would be with the、uh, the fact that most of the reagents and consumables that are used in the laboratory is still something that.、Um, Comes from overseas, and those that are here in Nigeria are very much, very much expensive. So if if these things could be sorted, <laughs> medical laboratories would have a bit of ease. Okay, and how is Lab 360 tackling some of these challenges? One of our core values is empathy. We try to walk in the shoes of every client we attend to. We try to make them comfortable because it's not. It's not enough ease to be in a laboratory at any point in time because that means you're questioning something about your health. So we try to make sure that every client feels a level of security.、Uh, the second thing we do in tackling the issue is we try to make ourselves open to the public, even without the public knowing that we are responsible for the services they get. We try to work hand in hand with doctors. We try to work. Hanging out with other scientists from other laboratories, and the third thing we do is upholding our standards. This is very necessary because our results is very based on our standards. So we try to uphold our standards in order to in order to get a very accurate result for every client we attend to. Right. Lastly, we talked about endometriosis in the previous segment, and late diagnosis is a major challenge to endometriosis care all over the world. What suggestions can you make to improving 
diagnosis in Nigeria. Yes, I agree with you. Endometriosis is still um, a major challenge. Uh, as I said earlier in the last segment, I made mention of the fact that women need to learn to observe their body. They need to learn what is normal with them. They need to learn what is abnormal with them so that whenever there is a slight change at any point in time, they can easily uh, seek the help that they need. Regular checkups is very important. You should uh, get your gynae to just check you up once in a while. And also you could go for scans like twice a year, twice a year or once a year. Endometriosis is very tricky to diagnose, so I would just, I would just uh, suggest regular checkups. Thank you so much for your responses, scientist Mfon Iyang. This message was brought to you by Lab360. For more information, please call 090-8454-7777. Again, 090-8454-7777. Or send an email to contact at lab360.ng or check the website www.lab360.ng Join us same time, same station next week for more recipes to a healthy life. I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. My name is Ye Chin Sasitu. Have a healthy and happy week ahead. Nothing I can do A body in a circle And clouds fill up my eyes I wait for it to kick in So the hurt can be disguised Breathing just feels harder